this week's edition of Sunday Morning Live from Fresh Fire Church. Today's message from Pastor Adam will encourage and strengthen your walk with Christ. If you would like to be a partner with Fresh Fire Church for $15 a month or more, become our patron on Podbean or visit freshfirechurch.net. And now, let's join the service. What a mighty God we serve. What a mighty God we serve. Praise the Lord. He is faithful. Hallelujah. He brought us through this week. Maybe you had to be reminded he's coming for you. I was reminded of that a few times this week. He's coming for you. Yes. Just trusting and believing that his word is is true and just, and he is not a man that he should lie. And so uh, just kind of making the the word that he's been speaking to us real, uh, I intended maybe after last week to move on, but I happened to mention a text last week that I wasn't preaching out of, and lo and behold, that's where I kept coming back to. I've preached out of it many times in Mark chapter 10, but... Uh, the Lord kept bringing me back to it, so I think that's probably where we're going to go this morning, um, simply because the seed was sort of planted last week, and I, I believe we'll wrap up. He's coming for you this week. Amen. I don't do a lot of series or anything, but only when really whole, the Holy Spirit leads us to, to do that or to tarry on a topic or a subject, and we've been doing that over the last few weeks, so apparently he needs to remind us sometimes that uh, he's coming for us, that he's faithful, that he will do what he has promised you and I. So I don't know what you're going through or where you've been or uh, just like you probably don't know all that I've been going through, but it's, it's a good reminder to us that he is coming for you and I. Hallelujah. He is faithful. Praise the Lord. And so uh, we'll, I think we'll go into Mark chapter 10 in just a moment, but I want you to be encouraged today and be inspired by his word and uh, just allow his presence to just breathe refreshment and life upon you today. You might be weary, you might be tired, you might have been through a difficult week, but we are in his presence. The Bible says that in his presence there is fullness of joy. And sometimes we just need to receive the fullness and of joy in his presence. And so just to be refreshed and restored, hallelujah, just by coming together in worship. So shake off heaviness and shake off sleepiness. Hallelujah. Mm-hmm. I said shake off heaviness and shake off sleepiness. I, I think I got two and a half hours of sleep last night. So, uh, hello. I think some of you probably have me beat. So I'm shake, I've shaken off my heaviness and my sleepiness and, and experiencing and waiting on him and his presence today to speak to us. And it's interesting, lots of things are happening within our, within our city and throughout our county, and I was all ready to go and uh, expecting just 
expect that I knew what God was going to do, especially throughout today and all of those things. And in the wee hours of the night, uh, you, you, how many of you know that we've sort of made a statement for ourselves in the midst of the community? We've been in the news a lot, uh, we've, but yet in the midst of that, we've made some enemies. And of course, the, the devil himself is really not happy with us right now. Uh, because even like the word, the, the, the message in tongues and interpretation uh, this morning, that there's been so many things that have just been transpiring and God connections and those sort of things that it's caused us to make some enemies. And so uh, oddly enough, um, one of, of those who I wasn't even really aware of, I got in trouble this week and I never spoke a word about it, never said anything. I'm not going to speak about it even now and draw more attention to it. Much so less to say that then late in the hours last night, this witch, that's what she is, she identifies, sent a message to serve notice to me that they're, she's basically doing whatever she can to try to disrupt, disturb, take me and take everyone else that's connected to that coalition down and blah, blah, blah. And I mean, it was intense. I have never expressed and sensed so much hate and nastiness in her. And just the occult, and you could just sense it come through the message, like immediately. And so she started uh, spelling out all these things she was going to do. And first of all, I, 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 you know, what do you do? You know, you just start praying and speaking the name of Jesus. And when we were singing that song, "Forever He Is Glorified," I just, I could just see that the same power that that rose Jesus from the dead is within you and I. And so, whatever hex or curse or whatever she wants to try to put on me or to try to stop what God is trying to do in our city, because I believe there is a real revival and revolution happening in our city among God's people, among churches, among those that God's connecting to us. It will not take hold, are you hearing me, that the devil is a liar. You and I need to remember, so I'm just going to serve notice to the devil and every witch working for him. Hallelujah today. I won't address her by name because it's not significant enough. You didn't scare me. You didn't put any fear in me. It wouldn't be the first time. Hallelujah. And if any of you know anything about the power of the Holy Spirit, if any of you understand what it is to be covered by the power of the blood, if any of you can understand the power that is in the name of Jesus, then, then you, you need not worry about that either. So uh, I, I'm not worried. She ain't going to make me trip and fall and any of those things that, you know, she spelled out, she's crazy, hallelujah, and just one drop of the blood of Jesus is more powerful than anything or any whisper or curse or hex. Are you hearing what I'm telling you? So I'm grateful and thankful for what God will do. I'm grateful and thankful for what he will do. And if you don't think that is at work in our region, then you are, you are asleep. Uh, we've known for a while there's been a, a real work of the enemy happening on our region, and some of it is just generational. Some of it is historical, uh, things that we are up against in our region. But then there are people that work uh, for the enemy, that work apart with, their, or with the occult and things like that, trying to destroy what God is doing. And I believe that's been a real hindrance to our, our community, to our county for so long. But I want you to hear me. Part of what God is doing is raising up a people. That's why God has connected uh, the Methodist and the Baptist. That's why God has connected other denominations and people, affiliations with us to serve our community, to help our community. Are you hearing what I'm telling you? And that makes the enemy mad because if there's one thing that, that can cause God to move, it's unity. Amen. 
That's why the Bible says when you and I agree on anything, it shall be done. God can move and operate in the midst of unity. And so when the enemy starts seeing people start unifying and coming together, he'll start running scared. And so you and I just need to continue to do what we're doing, being faithful. And I say that this morning just to let you know and to just serve notice to the devil that he has already defeated. Amen. We already possess the victory in the name of Jesus, and he will not win. Amen. Hallelujah. Are you ready? Then say, then say the devil is a liar. Amen. We used to sing that. Glory, glory, hallelujah. Well, the devil, he's a liar. So we might as well move on. Oh, the devil, he's a liar. So we might as I think the last time we sang it, y'all started a march around the church. I don't remember. Yeah. Hallelujah. You need to remember that the devil is a liar. No weapon formed against us would prosper. And every tongue that rises against us, the Bible says, will be condemned. Are you hearing me? I, I'm just backing up with word. What, 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 what? people would try to do to you to you and i what the enemy would seek to destroy the bible says that the thief comes but to steal kill and to destroy but i jesus have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly the lord does not want the people within our region and this area to see abundant life and so he will come to try to steal kill and to destroy but jesus has come that we'd have life and have it more abundantly it's on its way hallelujah he's coming for you and i can we just declare that even prophetically? Not just for you and I, but I believe over our city, he's coming for you and I. Yesterday, and, and that shooting was just another uh, rift because of what God is doing, because uh, evil is at work, but God is coming. He is, he's coming for you and I. I believe that. I believe that. I, I'm not saying that God did it, but it's all working for good. That's what his word declares. Everything works together for good. And so I'm just believing and, and, and declaring and decreeing that he is on the way to you and I. He is on the way to our city. He is on our way, the way to our county. Hallelujah. Soon and very soon. Glory to God. Go ahead and turn to, if you can, if you have your Bibles, if not, you can look on the screen with us today, but Mark chapter 10. Hallelujah. He's coming for you. Part three, the final part. Hallelujah. Yes. Amen. Hallelujah. Hmm. Mark chapter 10. Hallelujah. Jesus. Let's start in verse 46. Yes, Lord. Now they came to Jericho. Now they came to Jericho. As he went out of Jericho with his disciples and a great multitude, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the road begging. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. See, you remember I mentioned this last week. Then many warned him to be quiet, but he cried out all the more. Son of David, have mercy on me. So Jesus st stood still and commanded him to be called. 
Then they called the blind man, saying to him, Be of good cheer. Rise, he is calling you. And throwing aside his garment, oh, Lord. Verse 50, look at that. And throwing aside his garment, he rose and came to Jesus. Mm. So Jesus answered and said to him, What do you want me to do for you? And the blind man said to him, Rabboni, that I may receive my sight. Then Jesus said to him, go your way. Your faith has made your well. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus on the road. And immediately. Boy, there that is again. You've seen that the last couple of weeks. And immediately. He received his sight and followed Jesus on the road. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Can we just pray right now? Father, I thank you, Lord, for your word today. I thank you, Lord, for what you will do and accomplish in it. Father, we're asking now that you would have your way in this place, that you would release your anointing, and that, Lord, you would accomplish everything that you desire to in this place, Lord, that I'd not say anything that would not come straight from you and your heart and your desire today. I thank you that your anointing be released. I thank you that, Lord, no weapon formed against us would prosper. I thank you, Lord, that even every tongue that rises against us would be condemned. I thank you that, Lord, every every weapon and scheme and plot and plan, God, even of the enemy, even now that would be or could be at work, God, we thank you that we possess the victory already because of you. And so, Father, we just decree and declare victory over this place. We decree and declare that every, every ounce of heaviness, every spirit that has been sent on assignment to try to suffocate every spirit of divination or python that would try to squeeze out and suffocate a move of God in our region would be broken now and destroyed in the name of Jesus. And so, Lord, we lift up your name. We magnify your name above every other name, Jesus Christ. Father, we look to you now to be the source of our strength. Empower us, sweet, powerful, mighty, Holy Spirit that you are. We love you and we thank you. And we ask that now, Father, you have your way in this place, that, Lord, you receive the glory and the honor and the praise in the mighty, powerful, wonderful name of Jesus Christ. We do thank you and praise you. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Now, we, we're, we, we read the text there in <clears throat> Mark chapter 10, and we understand. You, you have heard me preach about blind Bartimaeus. We've looked at it a few times. I briefly mentioned it last week, the text, and preached uh, the, the message focusing on his coat and his cup. Amen. And it was an illustrated sermon, and I don't want to focus on that. We don't want to re-preach it, but I want you to look at some similarities of where we've been on this topic of he's coming for you. We know Bartimaeus was a blind man, blind man, and, and medicine was, was not good at the time at all, and, and if you needed healing, you needed to just kind of pray your way through. And so we, they didn't have advances like you and I have. And sometimes we rely maybe on medicine a whole lot more than we do Jesus. But they didn't have that. And so you had to depend upon praying your way through oftentimes. And so they mainly just had roots and teas and things like that that they were relied on and looked to. And, but if anything was ever really seriously wrong with you, you had to really push your way through. How many have ever just had to live with something for a while and push your way through and push past pain and push past discomfort and, and live with it the best you could? And, 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 and we do that with anything. Have you ever noticed that, that any time uh, that something is really seriously wrong with you? Think about last week's message when, when, we looked at the, when we looked at the text and we talked about even the five porches. 
and how, and how Jesus shows up, amen, and how anytime we as a society don't know what to do with something, we'll sort of quarantine it. Think back to when COVID broke out. When they didn't know what to do, what did they do with us? Quarantined us, right? And if so, if anything is ever really seriously wrong with you and I, uh, we, we, we either have to push our way through, but, 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 but if, when we don't really know what to do with ourselves, when we really don't necessarily have an answer, even that's sort of how society deals with us. Haven't you ever noticed when, when we don't understand something as a society, when we don't understand a people, we sort of just push them to the side, we sort of just set them aside, we quarantine if, if you'd like to, to think of it that way, just like we did with the virus before we knew much about it and understood its origins. We just push, push it off because we'd never like to face our failures we never like to admit there's something that we don't know what to do with. Have you ever noticed that even about people? That when, when we, you and I come up against people that we don't know what to do with, we'll sort of just push them aside. There, there are certain types and demographics of people, even in our society today, in this nation, that we'll just push aside. We still don't yet know how to deal with them or how to approach them. Some of you, us don't even know how to understand some people, and so we just avoid them. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So we sort of quarantine them in our life. They, they may, they, we may know them, maybe we know of them, but until we've really yet figured them out, amen, we just sort of set them aside and try to forget them. We see that oftentimes. We, we could break it down and I, I, I could list for you five or six different groups of people that are often overlooked and ostracized and forgotten. But, but typically what we try to do as a society is we just, we just set them aside because we never really like to face and, and look at our failures. Hallelujah. That, that, that's exactly what they did in the text we looked at last week. Just like the Pool of Bethesda, every sickness had its own porch. They quarantined them. They said, we don't really know what to do for you. We don't know how to serve you, so you stay there. We do the same thing in our societies today. When we don't know how to best help people, they live in a certain area of town. When we don't know how best to help people, we'll put them in a specific hospital all by themselves, and they can stay there. Are you hearing me? Because rather than us have to figure out how to deal for them or care for them or take the time to understand them, we'll give them their own porch. Amen. That's some truth for you. Hallelujah. And so we see similarities like that in our world today. Maybe another way of looking at it, some of us have probably spent a lot of our time thinking if people ever really knew who I was, they may not like me very much. Or if people really knew the 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 the, 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 the truth about where I've come from and all my past or one of those things, or if they ever really knew the, the flaws that I have, they may not like me very much. But I'm, I'm so grateful and thankful that the reason that the, that the New Testament is filled with, with lame people and with miracles is because miracles occur when humanity runs out of options. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So oftentimes you and I will worry more about what people might think if they knew or if we ever really were honestly transparent with people about all the things that are part of our life or even our family or those things. But I like to look at it this way, that the reason that the Word of God is full of all of the, uh, all of the, the lame people and the sickness and the disease and yet miracles is because miracles occur. Hear that? Miracles occur when humanity runs out of options. 
when you and I come to our end, hallelujah, see, our, our ex- extremity, our places of, uh, uh, our extreme places become God's opportunity. Haven't you ever noticed when you and I are at our, our wit's end, that's really the opportunity for God. Sometimes God's trying to get you and I to the end of ourself. Amen. Sometimes God will get you and I to a place where we are so wore out, so tired. How many have ever said, why is the fight so hard? Why has it got to be this way? Because oftentimes God is trying to get you to the end of yourself and saying, when will you stop fighting this? And when will you just give in to me and rely on me to be your strength and your source and your healer and your miracle worker? Amen. That's really what was happening in this text. With blind Bartimaeus. Blind Bartimaeus had been blind for some time, but, but God needed to get him to the end of himself. Sometimes you've heard us use the saying that God wants to get you and I to a place where we're just sick and tired of being sick and tired. Well, we're just tired of being depressed. We're tired of being moody. We're tired of, of, of having a, a, a breakdown in relationships. We're, we're tired of, of, of walking around with no joy. We're tired of seeing life maybe in the way that it is. Maybe God has just been trying to shake you and rattle you and roll you to get you to the end of yourself, somebody. And so your extremity, the places of, of greatest extremes in your life, it provides an opportunity for God. Hallelujah. I've learned this about God, that anything you can do for yourself, God won't do it. Now, I was raised in the church, raised in the faith movement, all of those things. Some of you probably remember the Word of Faith movement in the, in the 80s, right? There was all of those things. We were raised in, in, in believing God, praying for anything, and believing that it shall be done. Hallelujah. I still believe that God will do anything. That was an old course we used to sing, my God can do anything. I still believe that God can do anything. However, listen to what I just said. Anything you can do for yourself, God won't do it. I've heard of some people pray for a lot of crazy stuff. And sometimes we'll pray for things that God intends for you and I to do ourselves. Like, like you're not going to wake up tomorrow morning and lay in bed and say, Oh, Lord, would you just come and brush my teeth? He's not going to come and brush your teeth. He's not going to come and do for you, do, do anything for you that you can do yourself. Are you, are you still with me? We're going somewhere. Just bear with me. Hallelujah. See, I can pray and ask God, but he's not going to come brush my teeth. He's not going to come and drive my car. You know, our cars do that themselves now, I suppose. Apparently, I don't, I don't have one of those, but Hallelujah. But we'll pray for things. Sometimes we'll, we'll get even flaky sometimes in the things that we start asking God and believing God for and all, all of these things. But see, the, the touch of God, the hint of God, begins at the end of our fingertips. It, the, the touch of God, the power of God, the, the hint of God moving begins at the end of whatever it is that you can reach and handle and touch and do for yourself. Hallelujah. We're going to go somewhere, I promise. I, I'm not going to leave you hanging. We're going to make it make sense to you. So w- when you and I have done all that we can do for ourselves, that's, then, then God begins 
where you and I end. See, that, that's where I want you and I to get to when we start looking at this story with blind Bartimaeus. When you and I get to the end of ourselves, that is really where God can pick up and begin to move. See, sometimes we're praying for God to do something in our life or in our circumstances or in us or do a miracle in us, but God really needs to bring you to the end of yourself to where you and I will do everything that we can do for us and we can utilize everything that he has placed in our possession and then God can step in. Are you hearing what I'm telling you today? So we, we think about it this way. We have support groups for almost everything that, that we would need support groups for in our life. Hallelujah. There's support groups for anything and any demographic, and that's great, and we need, we need to support one another. But, when, but, but one of the things I've learned about, I was counseling somebody earlier in the week and, 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 and ministering to her and helping her. And, and one of the things she said is it's, there's nothing more frustrating than trying to get help from somebody who's never been through what I've been through. And I just looked at her and I said, oh, come on, somebody say amen, right? I understood what she was saying. Uh, the worst thing is trying to go and get counseling or help or have someone to be empathetic or sympathetic about your life if they've never lived what you've lived through. Yes, hallelujah. See, what I found out is that when people haven't been through what you've been through, their advice is, is, is really corrupted by, the arrogance, by their arrogance and inexperience. Haven't you ever had somebody try to tell you something and they've never been through what you've been through? And they're just telling you, oh, you know, don't be a wimp or, oh, suck it up or, oh, just get over it or, 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 or making it sound easier than it really is, right? But th their advice is corrupted by their arrogance because they think they know more than they do and evidenced by their inexperience. Hallelujah. If you have never really been through what something I'm facing, I'm not going to necessarily seek you out for advice. Hallelujah. And that's really what was happening in the text. All the religious folk, notice, they, they, they were the ones that shushed the blind man. They didn't know what it was like to be blind, but they thought it felt more appropriate to shush him rather than to realize that they had not really lived and experienced what he experienced. Hallelujah. And so their advice was corrupted by their inexperience. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. By, by their arrogance, by them thinking they knew more about God, that they thought they knew more about who Jesus was and what Jesus would want in that moment. Hallelujah. But it was corrupted. That, that's a word for you and I to stop. Being, that We need to be very careful who it is that we seek advice from. Who it is that we're seeking out sometimes to get their opinions and their thoughts and, and necessarily concerned about what they might think of something. If they lack the inexperience, if, if they lack the experience for it, then you need to know that their, their, their opinion is corrupted and polluted with arrogance. Hallelujah. Yes. Glory to God. Don't tell me how to, how to, how to be a mechanic if you've never been one. Right? Don't tell me to get through heartbreak and, and deceit if you've never gone through it, right? Don't, don't tell me how to, how to seek God for healing if you, if you yourself haven't had to seek God for healing and, and manifest it in your life. Thank you, Lord. Now, the problem with things like this that we're talking about is the problem with things that won't go away is you and I have to sort of learn to survive even in the midst of circumstances of surviving. We have to sort of learn to survive. Now, 
if some of you might remember when I preached the message out of this text uh, some time back, and we preached about the coat and the cup, and I did an illustration. Uh, I, I alluded to the fact, and we dealt with the fact that what blind Bartimaeus had done would what was created a, a a a crutch, a system to to help him in his dysfunction. So he became a beggar. He wasn't born a beggar, but the Bible says that in the text that he became a beggar. How many of you know that when things are wrong in our life, we'll sort of develop a system to accommodate our dysfunction? In other words, when things break down in our marriage, our marriages and relationships change because we de- develop a system to deal with them. Let's see all looking at me crazy, right? But when people start getting on your nerves, what do you start doing? Developing a system to avoid them. Oh, yeah, we do it in church, too, when one side of the church doesn't talk to the other side. Or, or you come in one door, and you saw someone you didn't care for, or you had words with come in the other door, and so you'll walk clear around the room to avoid them. We develop a system to accommodate our dysfunction. Are you hearing me? We develop systems for that kind of stuff. We, we, we develop systems. If, if when we lose our job and unemployment lasts longer than we had intended it to, we start having to develop systems to get by on less, right? We, we, we develop systems. If you grew up in any kind of abuse of any kind, you developed a system to be able to function in life. When you, when you learned you couldn't trust everybody, that the people who said they loved you, they hurt you the most. And so now most of our relationships get perverted and polluted with fear and anger and anxiety. And, and we sort of have an opinion about people that never hurt us, but we just have the assumption that they will. And so now everyone within our realm and our reach, we developed a system to accommodate our dysfunction. And so like blind Bartimaeus, we're walking around with coats and cups. You're maybe not necessarily a beggar, but you've developed a system to get by with because you've you're you're living your life with the understanding that your life will never change. It is what it is. How many of you have uttered those words? Well, it is what it is. Oh, ye of little faith. I want you to hear, really hear what it is you're saying. Our society does that. That's our American culture speaking. You picked that up probably from the Kardashians or some other perverted show. And, and, and so we're just, you know, we're just picked it up and it starts being said. And we don't even hear in the spirit what we're saying. When you and I just settle into, well, it is what it is. You need to realize you are not speaking faith in that moment. When, 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 you, when our car breaks down and we're thinking, how am I going to afford to fix that? Well, it is what it is. Oh, you of little faith. When you and I are sick in our body, we want and we're believing for a breakthrough. But when we finally get worn out and we get tired of even praying, because sometimes I've gotten there where I've just gotten tired of praying and asking because I just thought, well, it is what it is. Hallelujah. You've seen me at times preach with a cane. Some of you have seen me have to come in with a walker at times when pain is really bad. Hallelujah. And, and you and I will get to a point where the enemy will wear you and I down, where we just get the attitude, it is what it is. I'll develop a system with my dysfunction. So a, a walker and a cane are at the side of my bed. So at any given morning that I wake up, I can have some assistance to get out of my bed and have assistance to get down the stairs until things get moving up and when and if God releases me of the pain. Are you hearing what I'm telling you? We develop systems to accommodate our dysfunction. Blind Bartimaeus did that. He, he learned that although he can't 
because he can't see, he couldn't make a living for himself. Even though he was born into a family and who his father was, was Timaeus and he could have been wealthy and had great influence. He couldn't because he was blind, so he had to develop a system to get by. Sometimes you and I are dealt limitations in this life, and then you start changing your life to accommodate your limitation. That's why I said earlier, the devil is a liar. You and I need to stop changing our life to accommodate what's not working and start identifying what is working. Are you hearing me? I'm not going to give in to no witch that sends me a message and me start living in fear and thinking I'm going to trip over my feet and fall and crack my head and, and I, that I'm going to be destroyed financially and all this. She started listing all these things. I thought you can't take broke from broke, honey. You know what I mean, but I'm still believing in the Lord. You know what I mean? I'm still trusting and believing in the Lord. He is my provider. He is my resource. And so whatever threats and hurls and insults and, 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 and curses she was throwing out of me, it just in the name of Jesus. I didn't even warrant what she had to say with a response other than a response in prayer. Hallelujah. And then I messaged a pastor evangelist friend of mine in Texas and because I knew he was traveling and I saw he was up. His little red light was on. And I said, brother, will you pray now with me? And so we immediately went into prayer at that's the kind of thing I'm telling you. I'm not going to change and develop a system of thinking and living in fear that's, that, that some evil, evil thing or evil work or, or the occult is going to be at work and that I have to live so, sort of sheltered and in fear. Are you hearing me? Some of you are living your life and you've made accommodations in your life for what is not working. And instead, you have ignored what is working. Hallelujah. I said you've ignored what is working. Our culture is sort of good at that. Scroll through social media long enough, and that's all you will see is what people are posting that is not working. Since we announced and we did our community events and we started forming the coalition, I have never seen so many negative wilderness mentality people in one community in all of my life. Our county is, is submerged in people who think it will never get better, who don't have a good thing to say about our mayor, our city council, our commissioners, don't have a good thing to say about me or any other church in the city. They're, they're just expecting nothing. They're expecting no results. Amen. The, the, every comment they ever make is negative and miserable. And so they're going to reap exactly what it is they're sowing. Are you hearing me? Our county is reaping exactly what we've, we've been sowing for so long. But God is calling you and I to begin to identify what is it that is in your life that is working. Amen. Yes, we have to recognize the problems, but you and I cannot develop a system that, that it's going to accommodate our dysfunction. We, we can't allow our community and our families and our churches to sort of limp along on, 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 on uh, um, what are they called? I, I can't, crutches. Hallelujah. There we go. It was there. Amen. When, when, I, when, when I fell down the steps, when it was a couple years ago, right here at the church, I fell down the steps and I sprained my ankle. I was walking around on crutches. It was bad. Amen. It was miserable and it was painful. Amen. And there was so much you can't do that you want to do. Oh, hallelujah. And if, but it, what we have done as a church is we, we have made accommodations. And, and so we've been limping around on crutches. In our walk with God, in, 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 our, in our faith walk, 
in our families, in our churches. And God wants you and I to stop making accommodations for what's not working. That's what Jesus wanted him to recognize. That's the epiphany that blind Bartimaeus had was, he said, I'm not going to sit here with my coat and my cup begging because of what's not working. I maybe can't see Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. But I can hear him. I maybe can't see Jesus, but I can sense that he's passing by. You might remember, I I preached that message, uh, Jesus is passing by. Amen. Hallelujah. You and I need to remember that he is passing by because he is coming for you. Notice he didn't come to blind Bartimaeus. He was just passing by. But it was because of the demand that blind Bartimaeus put on Jesus that, that he was able to get his attention. In other words, you and I have to get to a place where we're going to serve God, worship God, and get the attention of heaven. And we're going to do that by not focusing on what's not working, but we're going to do that by focusing on what do I have in my possession that will work for me. Blind Barnabas said, I'm not going to worry that, that I can't see. I've got a voice and I've got ears. And I can tell that that is the sound of Jesus on his way. And so he, he thought, well, I'm going to use what's working for me. Here I've been using everything that is not working, and I've been living my life starving and can't pay any bills and can't do anything because I'm living on, on what little people give me, shaking my cup and sitting here in my cloak. And he said, I've been living all my life, and he had a, an epiphany. He received revelation in that moment, I believe. In other words, you and I need to get ourselves to a place where you will stop living your life only based on what is not working. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm not going to live my life based on what's not working, based on what I wish would happen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to start living it based on what what will work, what is working. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. See, he, he, he had to adjust his hopes to his limitations. He had, to, he had to adjust his hopes and his desires in opposition to his limitations. And, amen. He, he lived much of his life by, by bringing down his expecta- expectations to fit his situation. My God, when I, we begin to really look at our lives, if you would take time to take inventory of your life, how many times you have adjusted your expectations because of your limitations. Oh, nobody said amen now. Oh, oh, how we, we, we're not believing God for greater. We're not believing God for more. How we, we stop really believing all the things that God's word says for us. Oh, hallelujah. But I take God at his word and what he says. I take God when, when he declares that he desires that you and I prosper and be in good health, even as our soul prospers. I believe that God wants you and I to have uh, being, being poured out and living a life of overflow in our life and prosperous in every way. And so I'm not going to adjust my hopes because of the areas that I'm limited. Oh, come on, somebody. The reason we're seeing breakthrough in our city. I mean, we had churches gather together and do a prayer walk in our city. Hallelujah. The reason I I have a a meeting this week with a United Methodist pastor. Oh, he's not afraid of the fire of the Holy Ghost. Are you starting to hear what I'm telling you? 
I'm meeting this week with the chief of police and the DA. Are you starting to see God has given you and I influence? And if you and I allow, we'll look at our church. We'll look at all that we don't have. We'll say, well, we don't have the money for this. And we don't have the crown for this. And we don't this. And we don't that. And you will start living your life based on your limitations instead of living your life based on what God said. Are you hearing me? And so God opens up the windows of heaven. And God has given you and I favor into into, uh, some prosecutors' offices, favor into the people who run our city, favor into our United States congressmen and senators. Come on. How many times do they give out their personal cell phone numbers? Not very often. Hallelujah. To where you and I are able to have favor to see that we're going to see things done. See, I believe that that's the favor of God in the same way that Joseph got favor in the Old Testament. Are you hearing me? You and I are getting favor. You and I are getting that access because we are not living our life. We are not worshiping God or serving God based on what's not working. It's easy for you and I to look around at our life and see what I don't have. Well, I don't have a nice as a car as Brandon and Cindy. Or I don't have a nice as house as, as Cynthia. Oh, Lord. Or my retirement account is, isn't as big as Rick's. Oh, glory to God. Or, or my suits aren't as nice and as expensive as the pastor down the road. Oh, hallelujah. I, I can't dress like some of the ones in town. I mean, some of them are just fancy, fancy. Hallelujah. Or we start comparing ourselves and we'll live our life based on what it is that we don't have. Some of you won't go to go places and won't hang around with people in your life and in your family because of what they have versus what you have and so you've what you have just done is removed yourself from an opportunity for God to use them to influence your life to bless you oh hallelujah hallelujah amen I'm about to come on brother are you hearing me God wants to try to connect you and I with people who have resources and have things. And instead of you and I allowing ourselves to be intimidated by what someone has, the reason they have it is because God says, I want to give it to you and I'm going to use them to give it to you. Oh, look all through scripture, how God would use people of influence, how God would use others and how the wealth of the wicked is often laid up for the righteous. Mm-hmm. Oh, hallelujah. Anyway. Anyway. You gotta adjust your hopes to your limitations. Amen. You, you, you gotta be careful that you're not adjusting your expectations just to fit your, your situation. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. He Bartimaeus, he couldn't drive a bus and he couldn't be a butcher, so he became a beggar. Think about it. He could not see, so he couldn't drive a bus like I drive. Our church bus, hallelujah, he couldn't do that. He couldn't become a butcher because he'd cut his finger off. However, so he developed a system and said, well, I can't be a bus driver and I can't be a butcher, so I guess I'll become a beggar. I know this is something that I can do to get by, hallelujah. Sometimes we'll end up settling for something far below what God has intended us to do. You've heard me say that over and over again. I believe when God says in his word, John 10 and 10, that the enemy comes but to steal, kill, and to destroy. But I, Jesus, have come that you and I might have life and have it more abundantly. I quoted it earlier, and I believe that God wants you and I to live a life of abundance, full of joy, full of happiness, full of health. Amen. Full of wholeness, full of prosperity. Prosperity is you and I overflowing in every capacity of life. I believe that God, that's God, what God wants for you and I. So that we can in turn be the, 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 the true ambassadors of who Jesus 
is in this earth and we can overflow into the lives of other people. Hallelujah. So I take him at his word. Amen. I know that the enemy comes to take, but I'm not going to adjust my hope and my expectation to my situation. I refuse to because the devil is a liar. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. See, and th- th- what I'm saying is, is blind Bartimaeus came to the realization, I can be blind, but I don't have to be a beggar. Uh-huh. He was sitting there in his coat and his cup, and the revelation came, you know, I, I can be blind, but I don't have to be a beggar. Hallelujah. I don't got to be a beggar, but when your situation becomes bad enough, it limits what you and I dare to hope for. My God, my God. Has anybody ever had a situation that God got bad enough that it, it dared you to even really hope for it? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. See, it's frightening. The truth of the matter is, is it's frightening when there's something going on inside of you that's bigger and stronger than your own confidence and self-esteem. Did you hear that? It's frightening when there is something that is going on inside of you that is bigger and stronger than your own confidence and self-esteem. In other words, have you ever gotten in a fight with yourself? I know some of y'all are used to fighting with somebody, but have you ever gotten a fight with yourself? Like Paul, that which I do, I don't do. But that which I don't do, I want to do. A war, a war between two worlds, sort of. Sometimes we're at war within ourselves. Sometimes when I'm frustrated, I'm not frustrated with anybody other than I'm frustrated within myself. Oh, hallelujah. Maybe I'm the only one, but uh, 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 sometimes as a guy, I just get so frustrated with myself. I'm not moody because of you or you didn't make me mad or at the office. Sometimes I'll be quiet. It had nothing to do with anybody else. Sometimes it's just all about me. There's something going on inside of me. And so it, it, it's, it's sort of a war inside me. Listen, I bring that up because there was something brewing on the inside of blind Bartimaeus because he became a beggar by default. You became a beggar by default because, because sometimes you and I, you become things you did not choose because circumstances chose you. Did you hear me? Sometimes you, you become things you did not choose because circumstances chose you. Mm. Haven't you and I had to reap a harvest in our life and it wasn't because of something that you did. It was maybe something that someone else did. Decision that someone else made and it affected your life. Yes. Hallelujah. And so it'll cause you and I to become frustrated. Hallelujah. I said a moment ago how blind Bartimaeus was the son of Timaeus and he should have been and could have been running the city, but he was blind. And so because he was blind, his hope fell down and he became a beggar. And so there's something about that part of this text. There's something about having that understanding. There's something about falling into something that really isn't you that makes it hard to accept. Have some of you ever looked at your life 
and said that there's a part of your life that really isn't you? Or you've looked at your life and said, I know I don't belong where I am. You're at a job and you're like, you know, I, I always believed I would There's be somewhere better than this. Hack anyone can use to improve Hallelujah. Just ignore overnight. it. Just ignore it. Do you, are you hearing what I'm saying? There's times I've taken inventory in my life where I'm sitting somewhere where, I've, where I had jobs and I thought, you know, God, I, I always sell myself, saw, saw myself higher than where I am right now. God, I saw myself more, more prosperous than him right now. Or God, I always saw that it would be a, a different car than what I'm driving. Or, or God, I always saw that it would, I'd be pastoring this church and not this church. Or God, I always saw that I, I, I would marry this person and not that person. God, I always thought that my life would be up here, but when I look at my life, it's really here. And so it'll create a war and an argument, frustration within you. Hallelujah. And so sometimes when you and I really begin to look at our life, it, it could make you and I say, you know, I think I'm better than where I am right now. It's not, it's not your arrogance that is saying that. It's just that you always had a belief. Maybe it was that you really took God at his word and you said, God, I always really believed that my life would be better, that I live in a different neighborhood, that my life would have turned out differently. I never really saw myself getting a divorce and going bankrupt. I never really saw myself going through all the health problems that I have. I really saw myself up here, but really my life seems to be down here. And so we, we, when we really look at our life, some of you might really identify with that, that if there's something inside of you that says that I, I, I'm better than where I am, what, what, what ends up happening, if, if you've ever taken inventory of your, of your life, if you've ever been someone that said, I think that I'm better than where I am right now, if you've ever uttered those words, then what you need to understand is that, that, that in itself right there will make you cry out. Because you still hold the belief that God has something more for you. And so that's why... Blind Bartimaeus, that, that's what brings us to where we are in this text. See, uh, uh, let me break it down another way. If you have if ever had any kind of limitation in your life and you finally see a way to get clear or to get help, it'll make you yell for help. If you've ever fallen down or laid down and couldn't get up on your own and someone finally walked by your house and you caught a glimpse, it'll make you yell. You may have already lost your voice yelling for help, but you will find it within you to yell for help. Help, I've fallen and I can't get up. Right? Hallelujah. It'll make you find a way. Just like we make accommodations for our situation, we can make accommodations when we start seeing the possibility of a way out. Blind Bartimaeus had made that system for himself. He made that system to accommodate his dysfunction with a coat and a cup and by begging, hallelujah, he chose the right spot in the right part of the city and became a beggar. Hallelujah. And he became a beggar because he used what he had. He used what he had within his possession. He used his cup and he used his, his coat and became a beggar, begging people for their extra change and begging people for what little extra money they may have so that he could just live and exist. Hallelujah, hallelujah. But I don't see, I, I don't necessarily know how the enemy works on every one of you. 
or how he works even on some of you, but, but it seems like he's always and oftentimes on some of our shoulders pointing out what does not work in our life. One of the greatest ways that the enemy tries to bring defeat and dysfunction and depression and discouragement into your and I's life, it's, it's almost like he lives on your shoulder and he's always pointing out what is not working, what's not going right, and pointing out everything that you do not have. Hallelujah. But see, you have to use what works for you. You've got to be able to, you've got to learn and get to the place where you use what works for you. In other words, if, if you don't know what works for you, then you are going to end up being so focused on what's not working for you that you'll never discover what is working for you. Did you just understand what I just said? The enemy, a society, the devil as a whole, they often are always trying to point out to you and I what is not working. Do you ever notice the reason you and I are, get down into a place of discouragement and depression and despair is because we focused for so long on everything that was not right? What's not right at church? What's not right in my marriage? What's not right in my money? What's not right in my job? What's not right with my vehicle? Amen. And so before long, we're just critical of everything and everyone. And what I've watched happen is we'll end up walking around with a critical spirit, a critical thing about our country, a critical spirit about our city, critical spirit about church people and, and pastors and everybody. We'll just lump them all together. When one's crooked, they're all crooked. Amen. Hallelujah. And, and so we'll have that belief about everything that every marriage is going to be bad because of a first marriage that was bad. Hallelujah. Because we are focused on what's not working instead of what is working. And so if you will allow yourself only to focus on what is not, what is not working, you will never be able to identify in your life what is working. Somebody say amen. amen. And so that brings us to the real heart of this text. Hallelujah. Because it's as if the enemy is telling him to shut up. Oh, it wasn't the enemy, but the enemy used church people. The enemy used church people to tell him to shut up. Shh, don't you know you, you don't call out to him like that? Don't you know that, 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 that you're nobody? Who do you think you are? Urging him just to be quiet, to remain invisible. People can see you, but you shouldn't be heard. Hallelujah, hallelujah. And so as long as blind Bartimaeus would have focused on what he didn't have, he never would have gotten out. He never would have gotten out. If he would have focused on what he didn't have, he would, it wouldn't have mattered how many times Jesus walked by. He wouldn't have, it wouldn't have done any good because he wouldn't have had any courage to make a noise. So remember in the text that we read, the Bible says that Jesus was passing by. Notice he was not walking to him. See, the last couple of weeks, we've been focused on the fact that he's coming for you. Like when he came to Peter on the water, he came for him. But sometimes... What I understand about God is he will just make himself available. He'll come near. He won't come directly to you. He'll just pass by you. Where You and I will get into his presence and he'll brush past you to see just what will you do when he passes by. And so Bartimaeus was blind, but he could hear that Jesus was passing by. 
Bartimaeus knew he's not coming for me, but I sense that he's passing by. See, sometimes you and I need to be able to have enough tenacity that maybe he didn't show up on Sunday morning church for you, but because he was passing by, you were able to reap the benefit. Somebody hear what I'm saying. There are times that, that I have been in services and I grew up in a spirit-filled, full gospel church. Amen. Mom, we'd be in Sunday morning, Sunday night. We'd go to Sunday morning church, drive an hour and a half home, turn around, drive an hour and a half back, go to church, be in church from 6 to 10, 10.30 at night. I don't remember. And then leave church at 10.30 at night, go to Shoney's. I'd eat my salad, which was a shredded... Uh, shredded cheese and French dressing and bacon bits as a kid that was my dinner every night at Shoney's hallelujah no no salad just just cheese bacon bits and French dressing and then mom and dad still made me get up and go to school that's why I said to somebody the only drug problem I ever had is when my mom drugged me to church but there were many nights a specific Sunday night that I remember kneeling at that altar of that church in Bridgeport, West Virginia. And Jesus came for somebody. He came for other people. But I just happened to be near. And because he had passed by, changed and touched my life. And so I remember that altar call that night and me and a bunch of other young people. I was eight years old kneeling at that altar and I remember the pastor uh, telling us to lift our hands and when he told you to lift your hands you either lifted your hands or he would come and lift them for you and so I learned at a young age to praise God and, 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 and not out of fear but out of reverence and so I remember lifting my hands at that altar in Bridgeport, West Virginia. And the, I remember that was, it was the power of the Holy Ghost was moving and I could hear him moving all over that place and the, that big altar. And I don't know how many people were lining, but there was a ton of us. But I just remember I was on the far right side, my, my little tiny knees on the cushion of that altar and my, my hands lifted in the air and I could sense there was a shift. And I could hear Dr. Howe getting closer and closer and closer. And it was like a wave was coming down that altar. You could feel the mist of it before it hit you. Ever been to the beach where you're not in the water, but you get the mist of the water? So that Sunday night, we got closer and closer. And I could sense something was coming. But I knew that based on the article, it wasn't that he came for me. He was passing by. But in the midst of him passing by, he heard me and others crying out nearby. And Dr. Howell came over and laid his big calloused hand on my forehead. And the people kneeling next to me and said, fill them in the name of Jesus. And it was that night I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues at eight years old. See, the altar call was for something else. Jesus was walking by to, to minister to something else. But in the midst of him walking by that night, or 
in the midst of Dr. Howell walking that by and having an ear to hear, the cry that I was putting out got his attention. And he said, feel him. My point is I received that night. Not because I was content by making accommodations on what I did not have. And it was, it's my full belief that that night when he said, fill me, it was shortly after that we ended up having to move from where we were and move to, uh, to a church that my dad began to pastor. And so we left there as assistant pastors and moved on. And it was my belief that then shortly thereafter I started playing piano. And why did I start playing piano? It was because he laid hands and said, fill him. Fill him. Because at eight I started playing piano and leading worship. That's no exaggeration, is it? In the little church of the brethren. He didn't show up for me, but I was the recipient that night because he was passing by. Jesus was passing by when blind Bartimaeus cried out. He cried out. He was just walking by. Notice he did not come to blind Bartimaeus just like Jesus did not come to the woman with the issue of blood. Just like Jesus did not come when Lazarus was sick. Are you hearing me? There are many situations and there are many circumstances in your life that God does not come by. But what he will always do is pass by. He will pass by to say, are you ready to come to the end of yourself? To stop making accommodations for what's not working for you. And that you will totally trust and rely and lean on me. Hallelujah. Are you ready to come to the end of yourself? See, God can begin working at the end of your fingertips. At the end of what you are able to do for yourself, that's really where God will show up. Hallelujah. In other words, he's close to you. You and I need to have that belief. The last few weeks, this word has been intentional for you and I not to forget and not, not to lose a, 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 a real reminder and have a sense that he's coming for you. Yes, he's coming for you, but you and I need to also be able to understand sometimes it requires that he's passing by and you and I have to be able to get his attention. Hallelujah. In other words, the fact that he was passing by, blind Bartimaeus had, had, to, had a brief moment of time to do something. I believe that, that there are these moments when it comes to God, there are moments where you sense the power of the Holy Ghost come in a room, sister, and, and it's like people can either move and give into that and get saved, get, get set free, or he'll pass by and you'll miss your moment. You've heard me say, I believe you can either miss a moment or you can seize a moment. There are those moments where Jesus, where the power of the Holy Spirit is at work in worship or in a message or at an altar call. And you and I can either miss a moment or you can seize a moment. Blind Bartimaeus, he was, although blind, he understood. He sensed and he could hear that Jesus was passing by. And he thought, I can continue to make accommodations for everything that is not working. Or I can do something I've never done before. I can lay down my cup and I can lay down my coat. And I can stop making excuses for the reason and the way that I'm living. Oh, come on, somebody. I can stop focusing on what it is that I don't have. I can stop looking at my little crooked, broken down house. I can stop listening to the rats crawling up the wall. And I can stop making accommodations for everything I don't have. That's what he was saying to himself. 
Or in this moment, since I hear Jesus passing by, I can try to get his attention because I know I've heard enough. Remember, he was blind, but he could hear. He could hear Jesus healing others. He could hear others' being lives being transformed because of Jesus. He could hear the ministry of the disciples going on. He could hear what church people had been saying about Jesus. And so he thought, I can either continue to make accommodations and, and live my life limited living my life far below what God has intended for me, or I can do something I've never done before. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Because he had a a revelation that he was created for more than his situation. Oh, he said, I know that I'm created for more than my situation. And so he learned and he understood that you will never cry out against what you accept. See, the reason why some of you haven't cried out for Jesus is because maybe you haven't admitted it to yourself, but you've accepted what's not working, that it will always not be working. Yeah. If I'm broke, I'll always be broke. Or if I'm in pain, I'm going to have to live my life in pain. Well, because that went wrong in my life, my life will always be that way. You will never cry out against what you accept. You and I have a choice every day to accept it or to cry out against it. There he was sitting with his coat in his cup. And he had to make a decision. And he thought, if I don't break through the system that I've created to accommodate my life, I will die in my dilemma. If I don't break through the system that I've created to accommodate my dysfunction, I'm going to die in my dilemma. And so what you and I have developed around us in our system of dysfunction, do you have the courage? Do you have the courage for a breakthrough? Do you have a courage for a breakthrough? This is the split second moment that blind Bartimaeus had a decision to make. Hallelujah, I'm not going to get through. I'm not going to get through with this. He had a split second decision. I can keep hanging out here like all the other beggars in town. Or I can do something to change my situation. And so any time that you and I break out of a routine of how people have defined you, the first voice you will ever hear is shh. So when, when he began to open his mouth and the people around him have gotten used to his behavior of a cup and a coat, they shushed him. Because it was different than what they had decided that he was supposed to be and do. Hallelujah. But blind Barnabas made a decision that he was going to get the attention of Jesus. He said, Jesus is passing by. He may be passing by and maybe isn't coming for me, but I'm going to get the attention of Jesus. And he cried out all the more for Jesus. Jesus, he cried out all the more. And even when they, 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 they raised their voice and shushed him all the more, he cried out even more, Jesus. And Jesus finally heard him and said, Jesus said, bring him to me. So one of the things that's so marvelous about the text is The only people to bring him to Jesus were the people that shushed him. 
Do you see that? The very people that had to lift up blind Bartimaeus and bring him to Jesus were the very ones that just shushed him. Said, don't do that. Don't call out to him. Who do you think you are? And yet this is the moment of deliverance. The moment of deliverance where he had to let go of his safety system, his cup and his coat. And he had to say yes to the call. Jesus said, bring him to me. Hallelujah. Blind Bartimaeus came to Jesus. The Bible says he came out of his coat. In other words, he came to Jesus and he said, I'm going to leave behind what was working for me to reach for what will work for me. I'm going to leave behind the system that I had been relying on to get by on and live, by, and, and live on and lean on. And I'm going to reach for the one that I know can change my life. I haven't seen him, but I've heard him. And based on what I have heard, I'm going to leave behind what system I have used to accommodate my, my situation. I'm going to leave my cup and my coat behind, and I'm going to go before Jesus without my coat, without my cup. And so he left behind his system to accommodate his dysfunction. Hallelujah. In other words, today is a day about all of, of you and I. God is saying he wants to release you and I from a system that has accommodated your dysfunction. That he, he wants to release you and I from a system that, that we've developed to just say this is how my life is going to end up and that you've basically given up that life will be anything more than what you're living right now. But God gave me this word and told me to tarry here for me to remind you and to stir in you that the devil is a liar. Stop living and believing a lie that God never intended for you, for you to do blind Bartimaeus wasted years look at the man that we looked at last week spent all of those years sitting on a porch with all the other lame people sitting among other people just like him and, and he gave up on life until the moment that Jesus came for him this is the moment that God has set aside to remind you and I sometimes he'll come to right where you are sometimes he will find you right in the midst of the storm like he did Peter and he will reach down his hand and he will pull you up out of whatever it is that seems to be drowning you. Sometimes he will come in the midst of the fiery furnace just like he did Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and that you will come out of the fire and you won't even smell like smoke somebody. Sometimes he will come directly for you but then there are sometimes that God will just that he will just be passing by that he won't be necessarily coming for you but he's coming close enough to pass by to say what is it that you are willing to do to place a demand on who you have heard that I am who you have overheard on the conversations that you have been able to eavesdrop on. Think about that. He has been a beggar in the city and he's been able to hear about other blinded eyes be open and, 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 and deaf people being able to hear and, and crippled people getting up and walking. He's been able to sit there and take all this in. And it was in that split second moment that he said, I hear Jesus passing by. He didn't come for me, but Jesus. He didn't even recognize me. He's probably never laid eyes on me, but Jesus. I don't even know if he'll answer me, but Jesus. I don't really know if my circumstances are going to change, but it's got to be better than begging with my coat and my cup. So Jesus, I really don't want to live another day of depression and doing without. So Jesus, and Jesus said, bring him to me. 
And then Jesus said, what do you want me to do for you? Hallelujah. I just love it every time I see uh, what I would call a dumb question in the Word of God. Jesus says, what do you want? And the blind man that was hollering said, I want to see. See, what I've, what I've learned about God is when he sort of asks what you and I would think is a dumb question, it's a moment, it's, it's a teaching moment. Just like, is there anything too hard for God? Or, or can these bones live again? Yes. See, every time God asks a question that you and I might think is a silly or dumb question, it's a teaching moment where God is trying to get you to search yourself. Jesus heard him crying out, Jesus! And Jesus says to him, what do you want? See, he's passing by this morning. He says, what do you want? What do you want? See, it could be a dumb question, but it's really a moment where he wants you to look within yourself. What do you want? In other words, you and I have been through life. We've been through circumstances. Maybe you've had to cry yourself to sleep. But just like in the text, God said immediately. Maybe, you, maybe you've been waiting a long time, but God said immediately. Maybe some of you have been through some real struggles, but God said immediately. Some of us have been through some tests and some trials, but God said immediately. Maybe you've been down to your last dime, but God said immediately. Maybe people have walked off and left you, but God said immediately. Are you hearing me? Maybe your back has been up against a wall, but God said immediately. Maybe all hell has broke loose in your life, but God said immediately. See, he, he didn't come for you this morning, but he was passing by and you and I are able to get the attention of him. And he's saying, what is it that you want? And if you will dare to have the audacity to just be frank and tell him exactly what it is you want. Jesus never touched him. All he said to blind Bartimaeus is go your way, your faith has made you whole. I didn't come for you. I was passing by, but I heard your cry. See, that's where that old horse reach out and touch the Lord as he goes by. It's you and I getting the attention of Jesus when he's near. He maybe didn't come on assignment for you, but while he's here, he can't help himself. What do you want? What do you want? Will you, will you take advantage of the opportunity that he's passing by? Or will you leave another Sunday and go back to the system that you've created to accommodate your dysfunction? To live on crutches. To worship our God on our crutches. To serve him on crutches. I didn't come for you, but I'm passing by. Are you hearing me this morning? If you have the ability, can you stand to your feet? We're going to close right there. And I'm going to challenge you right where you stand today. We've been giving auto calls and having you come up, but I want to challenge you right where you are. Whew. 
good God Almighty. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for your presence, oh God. If you can, just take 30 seconds and just worship him right there, just in stillness. You don't have to say anything. Just Can we just worship him for a moment, and then we're going to pray. So just worship him, and then we're going to pray. And as we pray, he's asking you, what do you want? What do you want? What do you want him to do for you, in you? And if you want him to do something, are you willing to leave your cup and your coat behind? Are you willing to drop and leave behind? the system that you've created to, to, to accommodate your dysfunction. To lay your crutches down. Whew. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We worship you, Lord. We worship you, Lord. God, we thank you, Lord. Father, I just praise you right now. I thank you that, Lord, you're passing by. I thank you, Lord, for your presence. I thank you, Lord, for an increase of your presence. That, Lord, in a few moments, we're going to reach out to you. Father, I, I, I pray that, Father, that you will do. You're asking the question, what do you want me to do? Father, I give you glory and honor and praise right now that you are not a man that you should lie. And so, Father, you will do what, exactly what your word has declared and pro promised and prophesied over us in this place right now. Father, we have called out to you, Jesus. We have called out to you like blind Bartimaeus. Jesus! Maybe you didn't come for me today, but as you were passing by, you heard our cry. So, Father, my prayer is that right now, in the name of Jesus, you would begin to hear the cries of your people in this place. Because he is asking you, what do you want him to do? What do you want him to do? Begin to pray and tell him right now. You don't have to pray loud, but you need to tell him, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? He's asking you, what do you want me to do? Will you have the audacity to, to ask him plainly and clearly and bluntly? Blind Bartimaeus said, I want to see. He, he didn't beat around the bush. He said, I want to see. I want to see. What do you want him to do for you? What do you want him to do for you? So, Father, as they're praying and crying out, Father, I pray in the name of Jesus right now. Father, as they're answering their call, what do you want me to do for you? Father, I pray right now that, Lord, you would visit. Lord, you have been passing by, but, Lord, you, 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 you are going to do just because you're passing by. You're hearing their words. You're hearing their, their exclamation. God, you're hearing them answer the question. Lord, I pray to some that you would bring healing. God, I pray to others you would bring restoration. God, I pray to others you would set free from depression. God, I pray from others you would set them free from 
dark and deep discouragement in the name of Jesus. From others, God, that you would set them free from whatever has them bound in the name of Jesus. Every chain, every bondage, every hindrance that has them bound, I break that now in the name of Jesus. Every mindset, for some of you that have just a negative mindset, critical spirit, I break that right now in the name of Jesus. That is nothing but a spirit at work causing you to have a wilderness uh, mentality over your life, having you a victim mentality. I declare right now that you are more than a conqueror through Christ which strengthens you. I declare that you will begin to have a brand new outlook on the way of life, the way in which you will live your life in the name of Jesus. I declare that you will see life as a victor and not a victim in the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you that their, their mindset will begin to shift from what's not working to what is working in the name of Jesus. Father, let their now, God, in the name of Jesus, just begin to be a shift and a divine reversal, Lord, in every area, in every mind, in every spirit right now, that God, they'll not focus on what's not working, but God, they'll focus on what is working in the name of Jesus. So, Lord, we declare breakthrough. Father, we declare advancement right now in the name of Jesus. I declare that this be a brand new day. I declare that this is the day of the Lord. And, Lord, you said, let us rejoice and be glad in it. The Lord, we will rejoice. And, Lord, what you're doing right now, Lord, that we will rejoice in the fact that you didn't come for me, but you were passing by, and I got your attention. So, Father, I thank you today that we're moving from being victims to victors. God, we're, we're moving from being, being, being negative, Lord, to being able to see that we are victors in the name of Jesus. We're, we're moving from being sick to being whole. We're moving from being broke to being prosperous. Lord, we're going to move from every area of our life that has not been working. Lord, we're going to focus on what is working in the name of Jesus. I'll no longer accommodate my dysfunction, but Lord, you're going to help me to see what is working, what's working for me. And so, Father, I pray that you would do everything that your people have uttered before heaven this morning from their lips. What do you want me to do? Whatever their answer was, do it in the name of Jesus. As your presence is in this room, and the same manner which you have done it for blind Bartimaeus, you will do for them in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, we receive from you, Father, right now. And we give you the glory and the honor and the praise. You didn't come for me. But you passed by. Thank you, Lord, for passing by. Thank you for passing by. Now, Father, some have sown their offering and tithes online. Some have given already. But, Lord, today as we leave this place and as we give our tithes, Lord, I pray that you bless and multiply Bless the giver. Bless them. Father, as this ministry receives it, may we have divine wisdom. Give us wisdom. I pray that every seed sown would go to work and do ten times, Lord, what it could accomplish for the benefit of your kingdom. In the name of Jesus. Bless your people as we give. God, would you bless their week? Father, I pray that you give them grace to get through. Strength and empower them for every task that is ahead of them. In the mighty and powerful name of Jesus, we love you and we praise you and we thank you for passing by.
In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen. Church, would you be blessed? Have a beautiful week. Make sure you say hi and shake somebody's hand if you didn't already. Greet them. Love on them. Remember, we are a family. Hallelujah. And have a beautiful week in Jesus.